Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and the Jared Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Seeing somebody living in that kind of fear is just not right. To have kids that can't go to the playground without thinking about fear and what can go wrong and what the color of their skin is and does that put them at risk? We've got to fix that. We've got to make this world better because it's just not right. You told me something, which again, I hope it's okay that I can share. You told me on the phone, you said, I have to have conversations with my black nephew. I didn't even realize you had a black nephew. What kind of conversations are you referring to? I don't look at him as a black nephew. I look at him as my nephew. Yeah. He's named after my father, Charlie Goodell. So I didn't think about, does he have that fear when he's walking out? Does he really think that he's in danger every time he walks outside of the building? That is Roger Goodell and Emmanuel Acho. Uncomfortable conversations with a black man has been something Acho launched in the last few months, and it's been a tremendous listen uh, from Matthew McConaughey to uh, interracial families to now Roger Goodell. Yeah. uh, In part, addressed the kneeling for the national anthem uh, in part addressed Colin Kaepernick in saying we should have listened to him, and I wish we listened to what he was trying to say earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, in general, said, I wish we listened to players earlier. Uh, but they did have conversations with players. What also was revealed, that they invited Kaepernick yeah. for conversations, and it never took place. I listened to this in its entirety today. It's been out for a couple of days. Yeah. And you know what? I thought it was... It, it, it didn't solve everything that the NFL has or hasn't done. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't, I don't know about, I don't know if I have like super big opinion on Roger Goodell. I know people don't like commissioners and Goodell takes a lot of grief and a lot of it's because he makes probably 40 million a year. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of those kind of things. I'm not saying it changed anything. I thought it was a good look for him and for the NFL mm-hmm. to sit down with Emmanuel Acho. I thought what he said didn't feel contrived, didn't feel canned. It felt genuine. I don't know if helping, like Emmanuel Acho helped us learn a little bit more about Goodell from his dad as a politician uh, to his um, opposition against the Korean War Mm -hmm. uh, to what you just heard there, uh, that he has a a black nephew. I I don't know if any of those things, I I think the, I guess in, in, General, I thought it was a genuine Roger Goodell. I didn't think it was a guy that had rehearsed something in front of a microphone, which unfortunately for commissioners, whether that's him or not, you get put in that place to do. You're almost like a politician. Uh, But I thought it was a really good conversation. If you haven't listened to it yet, it's a very interesting conversation. They all have been. Emmanuel Acho has been terrific with this, but his guests have been terrific, too. And I I think um, it's been an enlightening series I thought it was pretty good with Goodell. So I've only met Roger Goodell once in person. And this came from my rookie year, literally during like our first OTA that we had together. And I guess Roger Goodell made it a point to that season back in 2010 to go into every single locker room and talk to the players. And I'll, I'll be honest, I can't remember like what the conversation was even about, really. I can't remember like where we were at the time. I, mean, I understand the lockout was coming up the following season. It wasn't about that. I think it was just kind of just like a – you know, let's have a great year, get whatever it was, kind of like maybe a little motivational pep talk. 
And, and you know, I always live by the golden rule, rule where you respect somebody until they give you reason not to respect them. So, like, I went in my rookie year, bread on bushy tail, like, all right, cool, meet the commissioner. I have zero issues with this guy. But, like, believe me when I say, as I was sitting in that team meeting room, you know, with 90 or 89 of my uh, closest peers, let's just call them, I definitely got a sense from the veterans on that team, some well-respected veterans, that this guy was not to be liked that this guy was the enemy, let's just say, right? So even to the point where Roger Goodell came in and talked to us a little bit, like you got this sense, and there's even a couple of players, I'm not going to name any names, but they actually cut him off and wouldn't let him finish his thought and kind of called him out for some things like, yeah, what's going on with our benefits and stuff like this. So like it was it was honestly like a stand-up comedian going out there in the worst crowd ever. You know, like it, you just, huh. it was an awkward situation. And, you know, me being naive, being a rookie, I didn't – it wasn't it wasn't my place to say anything. I don't even know who this guy is. Yeah, yeah. Right? I've never even talked to this guy before. But what I got the sense was <clears throat> is that a lot of players in that locker room, once again, a lot of veterans felt like the NFL didn't have their health and best interest in mind. And they thought that Roger Goodell – you know, he represented that. Now, whether that's 100% true, I have no idea to this day. But I'm just saying, in those locker rooms, in those circles, at least back then, he was not liked. What? And I'm saying, like, not liked. Like, an, an enemy. I'm not saying, like, oh, we, we give him, we're going to boo him because it's fun. No, like, they didn't like him. Um, as I progressed in my career a little more, and I kind of saw, you know, behind the curtains a little bit of, you know, some of the policies that were put in place with player health and safety, I started to see, like, well, there's some things that could be changed here. Right. Like if you have a concussion, let's not chase it down with pain pills all the time. Right. Like there should be other, you know, things you could do. So with that being said, I started to see the light a little bit, as they say. I started to be like, well, yeah, the NFL is not doing us any favors right now in terms of player safety. I thought player health was the most important thing. Is it really, though? Right. So then I started to be a little, I guess, you know, I guess a little angry towards Roger Goodell. Once again, I haven't met him since. But to me, like where it was his shining moment, his defining moment wasn't necessarily the Colin Kaepernick the first time because a lot of players, obviously, that rubbed the players the wrong way. And you know what? As it should. But when he finally came around and admitted that he made a mistake with Colin Kaepernick, that he admitted that what he did um, of not listening, obviously, and going against Kaepernick's wishes was probably the wrong thing to do. And keep in mind who's talking right now. This is the, the commissioner of the NFL. It's a billion-dollar machine, okay? And a lot of that machine is run by viewership and sponsors, Okay, and to speak out with Colin Kaepernick and say that you were wrong in how you treated him, that could hurt sponsorship. That could hurt viewership. And I think once Roger Goodell did that, it showed finally that, you know what, he does have the players back. Maybe he always did. All right. And then that was the thing. But like to me, that was the unifying moment where it's like, you know what, Roger Goodell, you may have made some mistakes in the past. Player health might have been an issue. But you know what? At least here you're showing a solidarity, solidarity of standing with the players. Well, what's interesting is if you look at kind of, his, in my opinion, what his job title is, he his job is to protect the shield. Correct. Protect the work for the work with the owners for the owners, whatever, be the voice of the owners yeah. and protect the players and have the interest. But it's kind of in that order. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he would label it that way, but it appears that would be the order of it. So it, it's interesting what's left out of this like 18 to 20 minute conversation. What could come out someday about the first round with Colin Kaepernick and the peaceful protests is exactly what you just said. Sponsorship ratings, all those things were impacted mm-hmm. at that time. The president was very vocal 
about it. So politics comes into play. So all of those things weighing versus, okay, should listen to players. Well, protection of the shield first, if you're the commissioner, would be ratings, brand, power. Owners getting paid, let's be honest. Then the next level is owners. Mm -hmm. And so if if you put those first two, well, that speaks to... Dollars and sponsorship, yeah. Sometimes even politics and and uh, ratings, yeah. which obviously speaks to money. So I'm not saying he wasn't doing his job, yeah. Well, but you might not have liked the order he was doing his job in, and sure. it wasn't for wasn't using the vehicle and the machine they have in everybody's best interest in that sense. And that's what someday, see, that wasn't touched. Mm -hmm. And someday in a book or whatever else, it'll come out, is my guess, that, listen, there was a lot at stake here. There was a lot that of going on. You know, there was a lot of things instead. Now, in hindsight, it's easier to say, we should have done this, this, this. And I think that's the one pivot that you can give an organization whether it's the owners, whether it's Goodell, whether it's the NFL, as big as they are, as big as their platform is, they've basically said, at least in this time frame, and it might have t- it did take too long, mm-hmm. and they got almost a second chance at it, mm-hmm. and the players really stood up this time mm-hmm. um, in the, this offseason. But better late than never, I guess. Sure. That's not satisfying, but better late than never. But they've really said, you know what? This time, it is about what they're peacefully protesting. It is about the players. It's about the movement. It's about Black Lives Matters. It's about uh, using our platform. We're pushing aside what could be the ratings, what could be the politics of this, what could be the dollars of this. We're going here first. Yeah. See, my view of it is in 1617, they went there first. Protection Correct. of the shield, in essence. Correct. Now they're saying, you know what? That part... We'll live with whatever happens. Yeah. Much like the NBA is doing. Mm. The NBA isn't sitting here crying about ratings. The NBA is saying we have a responsibility mm. here to change and embark change and, and be a part of change and listen to our players. And ratings be damned. Sponsorship be damned. We'll figure that part out. But we're doing this because this is the right thing to do. Listen, as I started to cover the NFL, you know, and work this job and actually, you know, once again, kind of talk to some players, see behind the scenes a little bit. I'll be honest with you. I don't envy Roger Goodell whatsoever in his job of a commissioner, okay? Now, yes, should Roger Goodell have probably supported Colin Kaepernick in the beginning? Probably, right? Once again, hindsight's twenty twenty. But let's take a, a great and let's take an honest look at what Roger Goodell has to do. He's the chaperone, essentially, of three kids. One of those kids is NFL players. Other kid, the shield. Other kid is owners. They don't get along, okay? Like, once again, yeah, the, the owners... We know the rift sometimes between owners and players, right? Like, yes, the, the goal is to win a Super Bowl, yada, 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 but let's be honest. Owners come from a different world than players do, right? And sometimes the shield who governs the players, sometimes the disagreements between those things. So you essentially, and Roger Goodell, no matter what you do, someone's going to be upset, all right? No, no, no matter what rules you put in place, someone's going to be upset. Take the player's side. Fantastic. Guess what? Now Donald Trump's ticked off at you. Okay? Now the owners might be upset because now you're going to lose some of their money. So to me, Roger Goodell will always be in a thankless position. Someone's always going to be upset at the way he does things. And I'll be honest, when I was in the league, I, I, I despised that, man. I wasn't a big fan of him as I learned more and more. But now as I see, sit here on the outside looking in, man, 
That guy's got a rough job to do. I'm just going to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, it's it's yeah, it's not easy, but yeah. it's also a very powerful one where you can sure. promote change, and and yeah. that's what players are asking for right now. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was very genuine. I thought it was really good. Uh, and this isn't about Roger Goodell. It's about not about how I perceive Roger Goodell. It shouldn't yeah. be about anybody perceives. It's about what the NFL can do to yeah. spark change, make the world a better place, and uh, make it good for the players, their families, and, and communities. Correct. And they do have that kind of power. We're seeing sports has that kind of power, at least voice. Uh, do they have the power of change? We'll find out. I mean, a lot of uh, folks are promoting uh, voting um, and, and community initiatives. We'll see. Uh, it's too early to tell that. But they certainly have a voice, and they're using that voice in the platform. Some people like it. Some people don't. Uh, but they're using it without acknowledgement of it's the right thing to do or not mm -hmm. because they believe now it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and it's probably been the right thing to do all along. Uh, but here it's happening in 2020. So I thought it was interesting. If you haven't listened to it, you, you should listen. Uh, the Emmanuel Acho stuff is is really good, and uh, some are better than others, but uh, it's a it's a really good series, it's a great series. Uh, that they've been able to do. A uh, couple other things around the sports world. What you said? You just said Dame Lillard uh, is out Ouch. for Game Five. Yeah, he's so, got a, he's got a knee sprain. Well, and that already he had like dislocated finger. <laughs> I mean, the guy's falling he's apart. Beat up. Yeah, he's they're beat up. out of gas. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I think, listen, it's kind of ironic that the guy that won, didn't want to play in the bubble in the first place kind of had to be talked into playing in the bubble. Now is probably the guy with, whose stock has risen next to Luca, probably the highest, yeah. playing in the bubble, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, I mean, literally he's put the team on his back. He, he's had some, you know, help from McCollum, obviously, who's apparently got a fractured back, once again, not buying that, not drinking that Kool-Aid. And then uh, Nurchik as well, who... Uh, his grandma passed away during, you know, while they're in the bubble and everything. She had, I think, Camp Catch actually with COVID-19. Mm -hmm. They were super close and everything, so he's been playing for her. So, listen, it's it's been a battle-hardened team, to say the least. Um, they put forth a lot of effort. Not saying that they're dead to rights quite yet. We'll see what happens here. But, obviously, it's not looking good for the Portland Trailblazers now. No, uh, not at all. Let's get back to the Jaguars a little bit. Uh, talking Jags earlier today, we talked a little bit about social media as it pertains to the Jags. Talked about the how the Jags players have to wear kind of the negativity in a small town of the losing, and they have to try to create different culture. Uh, should they be worried about it? Should they not? Taven Bryan has a story today. Bryan getting the rave reviews, and could this be a breakout season for Taven Bryan is is a legitimate question. DeJuan Smoot talked to the media today as well. I think the same goes for him uh, after really proving a lot last year. Can he do it again? Uh, in this uh, contract season, former third-round pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So uh, the Jaguars' defensive line has a lot to prove. Where I wanted to go with it, though, those guys excluded. You have Josh Allen, Avery Jones. And I'm not going to allow you to put Caleb on Chase on in here as well. Come on, Brent. I wanted them to draft him. He's here now. Come on. Give me that satisfaction. So I give you five guys. DeJuan Smoot, Taven Bryan, Avery Jones, Josh Allen, and Caleb on Chase on are off the list. Mm. You have to find me one more player that we're going to be talking about. What, what am I doing right now, Brent? You've he, already got it. I've had it. I've been having it. I've been having it. Let's hear yours first. No, 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 no. you have okay. to deliver. So, so listen, okay, I'll deliver right now. Then. I'm All trying right. to think of who I'm you've gonna, been saying. I mean, oh, you, I've been saying somebody who's there when I said it. You, you were not here when the, the day that you were gone, and I was doing my uh, Jaguars sleepers of this camp. Ah. I brought this person up. 
Can't wait. My Jaguar sleeper was Aaron Lynch. He's yeah. since retired. Did, <laughs> did you want to take a guess who it is? Hey, I, I, I'm going to say a couple things about him. Let's see if you can guess who he is. Okay. This guy has played in a couple spots, okay, in a, in a couple cities. Um, he's had a bad string of luck in that he's never really fit the, the system that he's been asked to play in. Either he's been undersized or when he puts on weight, then he's oversized. So in the schemes that he's played so far, he's shown flashes of brilliance, but they haven't played to his skill set. I think in Jacksonville, he, they can put him and play to his skill set here. That's why I like them as my sleeper uh, pre-training camp. I'm I'm gonna go with the guy that this was the guy I thought even before you said it. Yeah. And I just think you guys have some yeah, like faithful he connection. It. He knows it. And he it's knows Cassius it. Marsh. You better believe it, man. But were you a little curious? Where's Cassius Marsh gonna play well, for them? I mean, is yeah. he gonna could he even be strong side linebacker for them? Uh, yeah. I mean, look, he's been rushing. Sure. So, well, well, and listen, listen. Here's, I'm not going to break any news for him, but I'm not going to, you know, spill any kind of tea or anything like that. I mean, he. If you watch film, you can see him on one on ones. He's getting defensive end reps, but guess what? He's also getting. If you watch film once again, he's dropped back into coverage. He's playing linebacker as well. So yeah. he's been playing both positions. I just feel like in terms of pass rushing, in terms of having that depth at the defensive end slash edge rusher spot, I think Cassius Marsh could be a, a nice fill in there. Now, we've seen him maybe a little undersized. I mean, I'm not sure how good he is in the run. Is that where you put him at strong side linebacker? We'll see. But I just think from his experience, number one, and from never really having opportunity to do what he does well, because he's always playing out of position, I think Cassius Marsh can definitely shine this season and even make the team. Well, keep in mind here, here's the other possibilities. And Marsh is a, is a good guess. Yeah. Um, I just wonder how many reps he's going to get, sure. especially if Jan does play. Great point. Right? Yep, you're right. There's Carl Davis, mm -hmm. I believe serving a suspension early in the season. Karan Reed. Mm -hmm. Josh Morrow, who is serving a suspension early in the season. Correct. Doug Costin. Who had an interception the other day in practice? Nice. Devon Hamilton, Adam Gotsis, mm -hmm. and Timmy Jernigan. Mm -hmm. That's basically what you've got to pick from here. That's what they have. So Marsh, Davis, Hamilton, Gotsis, Costin, Jernigan, Reed, and Morrow. Mm -hmm. And a couple of those guys, again, are shelved in the early part. Tim Jernigan is obvious. I, I probably should have put him on the list. Put him on the list, Brent. Come on. What are we because doing Because that's here? not a real sleeper guy. Put him on the list. But it could be the steal of August. I mean, could be the it, steal of you for sure. Like, it would be hard-pressed to find another team that needs something so badly at a position in terms of depth because they were ravaged, whether by opt-outs, retirements, injuries, whatever, yeah. and found a replacement at that position like the Jaguars have found Timmy Jernigan. Correct. I mean, it was a really good find. At the opportune time. So, but I'm going to leave him out of this as well. Good. Uh, I just don't think you can put him in. I guess, I, I mean, more, <laughs> there's not a lot to pick from. Well, and I'll be honest, though, something that counts against me with Cassius Marsh is he's kind of set into that role as like a Leo slash edge rusher, right? Like he's not going inside. So like in terms of versatility, he doesn't really, he has a at linebacker, but in terms of defensive line, not a lot of versatility there. I mean, the only Again, you're going to get some play out of Jernigan. It's going to be good. Correct. How much do they need to get something out of, like, Devon Hamilton? Like, just have to get something out of Devon Hamilton. Yeah. He's a big body. Listening to Rebervich, the defensive line coach, talk about him today. He's a very smart guy. 
translate well because he's been in big games at Ohio State and uh, can really move yeah. uh, at 335. I, again, that's coming from the coach. That's not my interpretation. I just don't know. Like, I think they have to get production out of him without Woods opting out. Sure. Uh, I mean, Jernigan, where do you think – is Jernigan going to play both? That's uh, that's a million-dollar question because one could argue that he's had his best success at the one technique. But you could also say, well, the guy is versatile. And I would think he might be needing more on a three technique, depending how Taven Bryan does this. You're like, hey, listen, with Avery Jones, you know what you're with Avery Jones, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think it's pretty dependable. And keep in mind that nose technique like that probably only spends his time on the field for about, what, 25, 30% of the game, if that. So I don't know. I mean, I would almost maybe say a three technique more because he could have more influence on the game. If, if you're Timmy Jernigan or Did he play over there? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. It both, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, he played nose and three technique. Yeah. Yes, correct. All right. So he, he has played both in college. Yes. Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking. I really, I think Jernigan will be with the Avery Jones crowd. Okay. And I'm getting the feeling like Hamilton, the way he moves. Yeah, that was always an underrated part of like Marcel Darius. Big DI, but watch him chase people down the field. Heck yeah, man. And watch him move. Yeah. So I wonder if they, if he. Either way, I think he's going to be part of a rotation. It's a great call. And Hamilton will. And he'll just, like, I don't know if it's diamond in the rough necessarily, to my point of the question. I think it's more need. Like, he has to play and give you probably some significant snaps if you want to have that seven, eight-man rotation. Yeah, you know, and he was taken fourth round, third round? Uh, he was in the third. Third round. Third round, yeah. So, I mean, I was... Second pick of the third round. Okay. I a couple of picks, I think, in the third round. So, w- listen, when you're taking in the third round, I mean, you are expected to contribute right away. I think once you get towards the fourth round or the fifth round, or as you call it, the crapshoot of the NFL draft, yes. as you called it so eloquently before. Yes. Um, that's where you can kind of work guys in a little bit. But if you're a third round pick, you're kind of expected. But I do like the pick, though, Brent, because, like you said, I think you can play both sides. I think you can play a three technique and that nose technique because... You said it yourself. He's got a great get-off. He's got great footwork, and that's what you need playing the interior defensive line. Now, let's be honest. With the um, integrity of this question that I asked, really the only guys that would probably fit would be Marsh, Carl Davis, Karan Reed, Josh Morrow, or Adam Gotsis. Correct. They would only fit. Yeah. So pick. I mean, you picked Marsh. I did. Again, Morrow and Davis aren't even going to be on the field early. It's hard to pick them. Correct. I gotta be honest with you. I just don't know enough about Reed and Gotsis. And Gotsis. I, I mean, mean, I just I'll take a flyer and pick one, flip a coin. But that's where they're at in the defensive line. Yeah, I'll roll yeah. with Gotsis. There you go, man. That's a Is guy. He, uh, he plays in like yeah. Australian. Yeah, he's from Australia. Yeah. Went to uh, Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take Adam Gotsis in there you my go, man. in my needle in a haystack pick. I like it. I think he's tatted up too. So there you go. Add, <laughs> add a little swag. Prerequisite, to your, I guess. Add a little swag <laughs> to your uh, to your mix there. But isn't it? Uh, it's a little wild that's a, that they need help, but you almost don't know who to pick as their guys that will help. Well, I can give you a six man rotation. The other two guys, I'm not so sure about. And it's crazy because you can go off past resumes if you want, and you're probably gonna have to here a little bit. Just because how much you can really see on film, but like th- this is why not having a preseason, you know, it's it's detrimental to this team because, like for instance, like so like last year, remember we were talking about Dayton Jones last year? Yeah, 
remember that one preseason game where he ripped the guy? I forgot who they're even playing. Daytona Jones looked good last year. Yeah. And, then they and, and, and then they cut him. And you know what? And he, had, I mean, he's with the Raiders now. He, yeah. he signed this year. Congratulations to him. We'll see what happens with that. But like, he didn't get it with the team after that. So like, I guess the Jaguars saw something that we didn't. But like, there was a lot of Daytona Jones hype, and they didn't sign him. I thought they should have. You know, so. I don't know. Maybe they know something that we don't. He thought he should have too. I, I think a lot of people he did. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Uh, he, he was pretty outspoken. Yeah, but, but actually, I still talk to him to this day, by the way. But um, anyway, so it's interesting though. Where, I mean, like you said, do you how do you figure out? Like, do you go off versatility? Do you go off of what you see in two mock scrimmages? It's hard to say. Like, all right, these guys are the guys that are going to come with us for the regular season. Well, how do you decide? Yeah. Oh, it's a hard decision. I wouldn't want to be a part of. Well, and uh, again, I think the waiver wire will be an active one. Yeah. Uh, the cut down days a week from Saturday. Who are they going to? But so let me ask you this: though, with the waiver wire, right? Obviously, the waiver wire is big when you cut people and, and the final roster cuts are out. I get that. But to me, where the waiver wire is hot is because you watch those preseason games. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, there's a big... If you don't have preseason games to watch, how's, how's the waiver are you going to be? It's a great challenge right now. You know, like, uh, there are some teams that are putting their stuff out there live, like the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Like, uh, they, because they have been putting a lot of things, like, on Twitter and control, controlled scrimmage, my guess is that's where teams are looking. Like, teams are watching those kind of things. They're watching what is being written, what is being said, all those... That's all you got to go on, and, unless you can peek into something. Yeah. If you notice, I think it's pretty strategic that the Jaguars have not... Mm-hmm. had any of those elements. They're a transparent organization with who's in there right now. With Coughlin gone, yeah, they're yeah. way more transparent. But they're not putting a lot out there on the video side, on their website. Uh, this like It won't be a live scrimmage Saturday inside the stadium. Mm-hmm. And I think they're doing that for a reason. Because if they don't put that out there, how is another team supposed to know? You might be able to stockpile. Yeah, a little bit squad. easier. Well, yeah, those practice so, squad, so I'm yeah. actually a little surprised, given the fact that the Browns have had some stuff out there. I think other teams have done it, too. Sure. But the Browns have probably been the most prevalent one. Um, and we'll see. It'll be interesting to see if the Browns have their practice squad rated. Yeah. Or a lot of people pick up Browns guys because they're able to see more video than maybe other organizations. And there might be, again, some others out there putting out some video of, of some of those kind of guys. Uh, or you just have to go with what you like coming out and take a flyer. There's yeah. going to be a lot of flyers on, on players. Uh, you know, uh, one of the thought about this in terms of roster build. Mm-hmm. We're getting to something different tomorrow. I'm not, I'm not going to go here yet on the receivers, but, uh, roster build wise, I think I saw a former Jags player, Chris Davis, uh, Chris Smith. I'm sorry. Chris Smith. Christmas? I think the Raiders picked him up. I believe so, yeah. Did Did you see that? Yep. Because now that I just said Chris Davis, now I'm like, oh, shoot, did I see Chris Davis got picked up? No, it's, it's the defensive lineman. It, Chris, it was Chris Smith. Chris Smith. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. So a former Jags player yep. uh, was playing in Cincinnati, I think played for the Browns as well, and now he picked the Ravens up. Does that say to you that there's no movement on the yawn front? Because why? Because... Well, because they were a team that's been kind of rumored to uh, be in on the yawn sweepstakes. Sure. Well, yeah. And so, uh, do they? Does that tell you that? Well, there, there's no nothing's imminent. Yeah. At least with the Raiders as a potential dance partner, if they're adding Chris Smith, yeah. trying to find a solution without trading for sure. a yawn. I mean, let's be honest though. Like Chris Smith is not Yannick Ngakwe. No, he's they're, not. They're a little different, but I mean, it but is you're trying defensive to fill linemen. holes. You're, you're filling holes right now. I mean, have the talks maybe gone cold a little bit? I wouldn't put, honestly, too much for it because, let's be honest, if the Raiders signed another guy from a different, you know, that didn't come from Jacksonville, 
would we be talking about it as much as we are with Chris Smith? Probably well, no, not. I, I'm just saying, I notice it because of the defensive end. They're making ah, moves at okay. defensive end. It's at the you. position. Yeah. Would they be if they thought they had some motive, momentum to maybe get a deal done? So could you almost eliminate the Raiders from getting something done? See, once again, though, I, I'm not going to say that quite yet because keep in mind, like, Chris Smith to me is more of, like, that traditional 4-3 defensive end, right? Like, he, he he's not like an edge rusher per se. He's a guy who can stop the run and do what he needs to do. Yannick Ngakwe is more of that rare edge rusher get after the quarterback and a team's always going to want that so just because you brought in more of a bigger defensive end how much is he, is he weighing right now did it say uh whatever i mean no he, but he's bigger than yannick Ngakwe. so he is bigger yeah. yeah i don't think he looks more like ryan davis oh poor ryan davis is that insult to ryan davis now no okay i got you more like uh it's size wise i was like ryan davis he was like probably 260 yeah, Maybe right. smaller. Well, Smith's 266. Is he real? Okay, I thought he bigger than that. Well, regardless of that, man, there's always going to be a, a need for a pass rush. I don't say the Raiders are out quite yet. And by the way, uh, shout out to Bradley Roderick. It was Dayton Jones that crushed Cody Kessler in the 2020, uh, 2019 preseason game against uh, the Eagles. There you go. Welcome back, Cody Kessler. Uh, was his, yeah, his return to Is Kessler Jacksonville. still in New England? No, he got let go. No, he's in uh, Buffalo, isn't he? Is he in Buffalo? Yeah. Beat out Cam Newton. Remember I said Cam Newton should have went to Buffalo? No, we got Cody Kessel. We're all good. I think, right. I think he's in Buffalo. I better check he that out. He might be quick. right. Yeah. I tell you, those backup quarterbacks have nine lives. <laughs> Unless your name's Bortles. Best job in the... Uh, he might not even... Okay, maybe he's not in Buffalo like a release right from now. the Patriots. I thought that was his last yeah, stop. Yeah, that's his last stop. Never mind. That's not Cody Kessler. I apologize. I was off. All right, we come back. Speaking of quarterbacks, your quarterback, Jacksonville... Doing he's something he's funny. At it again. He's, he's at, at it, it again. again. We go there next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. They probably already have one. Cornholing. Austin Lane. <laughs> you can have a call from PR in a little bit here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Just like Daniel Stein before he crane kicked Cobra Kai, before Kevin Bacon taught a redneck town how to dance. And before Rocky Balboa knocked out communism, they all trained, and they all had montages. Now that mine's complete, I know I'm ready to be your first pick in fantasy football. If you want to win your fantasy league, pick me first. But if, I'm, if that's not convincing enough, Bud Light will send you a free case of beer if you do so. All you have to do is screenshot your pick, post it with hashtag Bud Light Minshew Draft and hashtag Sweepstakes to enter. Pretty sweet, right? But wait, there's more. If you win your league with me as your starting quarterback, Bud Light will send you free beer for a season. Beer season. Sounds pretty good, huh? So pick me, you'll drink for free. Miss you, Bud Light 20. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. So it's a little harder over radio. Yeah. You got to see that on social media. And he's basically... What, in an apartment, bathroom, locker room? I mean, he's all over the he's place. He's giving himself pep talks in the mirror in the in bathroom. The mirror. He's doing montages outside of an apartment complex. Just crushing it, Brent. Just overall crushing it. You liked it? I love I mean, that's an understatement. Loved it. Loved it. My friends are texting me right now. They saw it in Wisconsin. They're like, who is this guy? Like, really? They can't get enough of it. They like they it. They love it, man. So it's obviously a promotion with Bud Light. He signed a deal with them. And uh, the story is... And correct me if I'm wrong. I just got another text message. Did you see Minshew's fantasy draft <laughs> video? 
Well, you do what I'm telling you. And these are friends that are even from here. Is this the first fantasy football player, like, quote-unquote, endorsed thing? Like, has there ever been a time where it's like, hey, if you draft this person, you have a potential to get this? Like, another incentive? That's a good point. I mean, have you seen uh, this? I thought where you were going to go with it is, is Minshew... I mean, has anybody even approached a Jags player like this? And again, I always use Maurice, Maurice Jones, Jones Drew was on. Uh, yeah. well, he was on that TV show, The League. Yeah, yeah. And I always use him because he he right when like the I don't know if it was the exact time, but it was darn close to the crescendo yeah. of fantasy football, like starting to take off. Maurice Jones Drew was ending up in the end zone, and that's how he became a star. I mean, yeah. that's how he became a household name. Along with his running style and a little oh, guy. Well, and the, Sean Merriman on his back, yeah, too. Rolling yeah, rolling ball of butcher knives and, Love you know, that. all that stuff. But but it was the fantasy football that put him on the map. Well, that's a good call right there. I mean, I don't know. You guys know the fantasy world way better than me. I mean, does yeah. Aaron Rodgers do something with I fantasy? Does, does uh, um, I yeah, know, I'm trying. any oh, of the running no, backs? No, you know what? They used to. So remember, like, and Maurice Rodgers was doing this thing, too. Remember, like, the crazy pick me, draft me thing where it was like, I think Maurice Jones, you like jumped out of, uh, he was like buried in sand, right? And then didn't he like jump out of the sand? Oh, where they did, um, they would, uh, yes. And then they would have, uh, who was the quarterback? Was it Romo where they had like some crazy target practice? Yeah, there was like a bunch of them. But I remember that wasn't Chris like, Cooley like caught one between like a drywall. Yeah, you oh, remember, I remember that. Yeah. I remember the Cooley uh, drywall. Kevin but, Boss had one. But it wasn't like, like that was just more like a fantasy promo. This is more no, like that incentive. incentive. No, I don't remember an incentive. I remember the promos, obviously. But I don't ever remember like an incentive where if you pick this guy in the first round, here's what you get. So the inc- so the incentive is if you pick him in the first round, mm-hmm. Bud Light, give, you get you a, a chance, chance to win, yeah. to win a, so a case of beer. Yeah. If you pick him in the first round... Um, you snapshot that picture of your draft, and then you send it to Bud Light, and yeah, you're in a raffle to get a free case of beer. If you win with Gardner win Minshew, you win your league, taking Gardner Minshew in the first round as your starting quarterback, you get uh, a case of you get a case of beer for a year, or like for the football season. So, however many that is, who knows? But well, <laughs> might be a lot, depending on. I mean, I don't know if you're gonna have big parties these days. <laughs> in but a yeah. pandemic, it's a exactly, lot. Exactly, depending where you're stationed at. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it's pretty cool. Listen, I had heard he's doing. He had been working on some things with with Bud Light. Yeah. But again, it goes back to the conversation. This is as national as a Jags player has been. Yeah. It's Bud Light. Yep. I mean, Jalen was a national name. Sure. And personality. But he wasn't getting endorsement deals. Correct. It's pretty wild. It's awesome. <laughs> it's kind well, of fun, yeah, right? I mean, listen, I'm having a like, – literally, I'm getting so many text messages today. Have you seen Minshew's new – like, it's awesome, man. Like, that's – listen, I want to – let's be honest. I mean, it's fun, um, and it's a great topic. Now, you got to perform on the field, obviously, right? you got to keep this momentum going, keep the train going, if you will. But it's refreshing that – listen – there's not a lot of intrigue right now behind the Jackal Jaguars, at least on the national coverage, right? No one thinks they're going to win over four games this season, all right? And I think they're probably going to win six games. We'll see what happens. But it's cool that even though expectations aren't really high right now, you got something cool to talk about. You have something cool to go point and be like, you know what? This is Jacksonville. This is my quarterback. We're on the national stage. Check us out. Those moments have been few and far between here in the city of Jacksonville. Yeah, so I mean, I think I think that's kind of cool. It also does say again, and we've talked about this so much, but it 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 mentions his star power. Yeah, I mean, the national brand, 
going after Gardner Minshew and taking a little bit of a chance. Yeah. And it's a great chance, really, because where is he? You guys who love the fantasy stuff, we'll probably put together a fantasy uh, league once again. We oh, yeah. won't do the live draft. That did not work out so well. Uh, I was happy with it. Yeah. Uh, but where is Minshew in terms of draftable quarterbacks? Like, how much mm. of a chance is that to take him in the first round? And what's the likelihood you're going to win your league? Listen, they always say you should never draft a quarterback in the first round, regardless of who it is. Even like Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes, you hardly ever draft those guys in the first round. I think he said in the commercial, what did he say? He was a 22nd quarterback overall? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so I don't know if it was Matthew Berry, because he calls up Matthew Berry in this thing too, which is awesome. I'm not sure if Matthew Berry has him as a 22nd overall quarterback. I mean, where would I take Minshew? You know, I mean, I don't know. Like, in the comparison of the numbers and things like that, I think we can both assume that the Jaguars' offense is going to be better than it was last year. I think we can both assume that if they want to win games, they got to put up points because their defense probably aren't going to bail them out too many times. So I think Minshew is going to be a suitable guy, especially a guy that can run, too, keep in mind. Dual threat quarterback kind of guy. You like those guys. Yeah. Uh, Ty was telling me you got Tom Brady in his fantasy draft in, like, the eighth round. I'll sure. tell you where quarterbacks exactly are valued yeah. in fantasy football. They're not very valued, unfortunately. I'm taking – I hope I have the number one pick, and I'm taking Gardner Minshew. Do it, man. Gordon, you got a free case of beer. Free case of beer, and then for the whole year or season, uh, season. or whatever it is. Yeah. This, Our shows could be really fun if we have that. You know what I love? I, I do like about some of the endorsement stuff when guys – like, the Minshew fit is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a great spot for him. Yeah. Bud Light's a good fit. It's genius. I mean, it shows him working <laughs> as I'm watching it. He's working out in the Rocky man. shorts. So I'm telling you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, His whole thing is all the great players, all the great people in sports history had a workout montage, so he yeah. made a workout montage. Yeah, I mean, it's great. And, and I'm telling you, and I don't know if he wrote this script himself or if somebody else wrote it for him. Well, but, somebody but, wrote but, it but, for but, him. But I'm saying at the end when he's giving like, his, the dialogue, dude, his timing is impeccable. Like just just listen to like to the small nuances when he's talking about Rocky and Dirty Dancing and all that stuff in the montage. Like he, listen, I know acting is not in the question right now. No, we but, should. But in we the should, future, we should be talking about it. Well, like, I'm telling you, man. Like his timing is impeccable. I mean, look at the last part. You're right. Where he's wearing the. I'm I'm to the part now. It's like yeah, the two minute mark. Yeah. Like how, I mean, how would you crack a smile? He, he looks how are like you serious. He actually does look like he's. He's doing a, a bit. Yeah. Like, he looks like he's in a show. How are you not smiling right now? Like, look at you, man. It's crazy. I love it. He's going to go to the big screen someday. Here's the thing. I, and listen, I, I don't want to get on the Sunshine and Rainbows too much right now. This is your job. But would there be anything better? And and I'm living in fantasy land right now. I get that. But if the Jacksonville Jaguars become successful, Minshew becomes a household name, and he goes on SNL. Could you imagine... The publicity. Could you imagine the hype for the Jacksonville Jaguars and Gardner Minshew if they're able to do that? And Minshew's on SNL hosting. Is that like the Come top? On, would that man. be like the top? Would that be to like me, the pinnacle the, of, of that's crossing pinnacle. all platforms? Yeah, yeah. To, to, to me, that's the pinnacle. In this sense, yes. Well, it still is. I think so. Absolutely, man. What do you, do? You want him to go on Dance with the Stars? No. Yeah. No, SNL I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah. I'm just asking. You're, uh, yeah, maybe you're the cool guy without the gram. But. <laughs> we caught the gram. There we go again. But no, man, I think that would be great if he's on SNL one day. Uh, here's, what else I lo- here's what else I love about Minshew. I think he's going to have a good season. Yeah. Not everybody else buys into it. Correct. He's still not afraid to do some of this stuff. 
Some quarterbacks will say, hey, I ain't doing anything like that. I got all football, football, football. Yeah. He still last year found time to do some of the Uncle Rico stuff or some of the, the other asks of him yeah. that fit. He didn't, I'm sure he didn't say yes to everything. Yeah. But to do this is a fun thing, man. Have some fun with it. Well, that's what I'm saying, man. It's you, okay. You, you're trying to work hard and go to special places when I have fun doing it. Absolutely. It's good stuff. We'll see you on First and Ten Training Camp tonight, 11-15 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 690 Live, Local Loud, coming up next. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.